Welcome to Discovering the Law. My name is Lucy Rivera and I will be your host today. Today in this episode, we are going to talk about diplomacy. And to learn about diplomacy, we have our amazing guest, the Consul General of Mexico in Boston, Mr. Alberto Fierro Garza, here with us today. Consul Fierro Garza, it is our honor that you're here with us again. No, it's a pleasure to be with you, Lucy. Thanks so much for having, it's almost three years that I was here, but a pandemic in the middle. Indeed, well, um, now that we have you, would you please talk to us about the Mexican network of Mexican consulates in the United States? How many are there? What do they do? Okay. It, well, it's impressive. We are the country with the most amount of consulates, with the biggest network of consulates in any other country. Right mm -hmm. now, there are 50 Mexican consulates in the U.S., but in a couple months, we will have 52. But it's not one per state. It depends on the amount of Mexicans. As you know, there's more than 11 million Mexican-born people in the U.S., so, for example, oh. in California, we have uh, 10 consulates. In Texas, we have nine. Uh, but uh, because our population there is, is huge. Yes. But here in uh, New England, uh, the only consulate is that covers the six states of New England is the consulate here in Boston. And what do all the consulates do? We all offer different services. Mm -hmm. First, documentation, uh, passports, consular IDs, uh, birth certificates. We all have community uh, programs to help our Mexicans adjust better to the U.S. Mm -hmm. so that we have educational services, health services, um, uh, financial education. But we also all the consulates promote links between Mexico and the U.S. So trade between Mexico and the U.S., uh, cultural and educational exchanges, uh, and, and culture, promoting Mexican culture in the U.S. Um, I think it's a valuable and commendable mission. And uh, speaking about promotion, you uh, Talk to us about your, your pet project, which is promoting dual citizenship uh, for American children of Mexican parents who are born here. Why, why is that important? Well, Mexico considers itself like a nation beyond its borders. So every Mexican in the, of the we consider that the 35 million Mexican-Americans are part of the Mexican nation. And so all those Mexicans, and now the, the law just changed, before only Mexican-born people could give the Mexican citizenship to their kids. Mm -hmm. Now a child of a Mexican that was born in the U.S. Mm -hmm. can transfer the, national, the Mexican nationality also to their kids. So through the grandparents. Uh, and why, why we promote it, why we say it's good to have dual citizenship, um, I think it's just a gift for the kids. You never know if when they are adults, 
they will want to, they will get a job in Mexico and it's better to be there as, as a citizen or if they inherit property over there and they can receive it as nationals and not as internationals. It's just an option. Yes. Um, and speaking of the kids of Mexican citizens, um, how do you, what do you feel about the LGBTQ community and their children? How are they treated? Are they, is there anything special about the children of parents that register their kids for citizenship when they are LGBTQ and plus? Well, the Mexican Ministry of Foreign Affairs in this administration has uh, what it has called a feminist and inclusion agenda. So it is, we all, all the consulates and all the foreign ministry have gender as a priority, gender equality. So uh, we take very, very special care and all the consulates have something called a, a booth to, uh, to aid w women precisely to make sure that women that go to the consulates are treated impeccably. Uh, and the part of inclusion means that all the consulates are uh, a safe place. Uh, our people are trained to be uh, gay friendly and there are new services that we offer. Uh, now if uh, parents, gay parents have kids, now they can register them with two fathers or two mothers. Before, until last year, it would, uh, you would have to renounce one of the fathers or one of the mothers to be themselves. But now we are able to put two fathers and two mothers, as in many places in the U.S. Also, since March, if, some, if a kid or a person has changed uh, its gender uh, genre, uh, uh, because it, it's uh, a trans, now we can change their birth certificates and mm -hmm. make birth certificates according to their new, uh, their new gender. Genre. Right. So, so th that is very important. Their new gender identity, mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. And um, it's commendable that mm -hmm. it's being recognized and Mexico supports this. Yeah, because we really want to let all LGBTQ plus people know that they are safe and they are at the consulate and that we are there to offer them our services. Also, as a consul, I am the judge of the civil registry, so I can marry two Mexicans mm -hmm. in, at the consulate. And, and now we, we can also marry two Mexicans of the same gender. That's and something new too. It's, it's, a, it's great, uh, refreshing initiative and an amazing initiative uh, that is being uh, that pushed by the Mexican government and implemented through you. Um, you talked about legal protections earlier and the services that the Consul General of Mexico provide for Mexican citizens. Mm -hmm. um, do you also offer legal protections or just protections for Mexican citizens? And is it, and what are they? Yeah, um, thank you for this question. It's, 
all the consulates have a protection area which uh, precisely looks to give assistance and protection to our nationals in, in need when they are v vulnerable. So all the consulates, we have several, depending on the size, imagine the Chicago or the LA consulate that are the biggest, they have mm -hmm. tons of lawyers. In our case, we have three lawyers that are part of this program of, of legal assistance. Mm -hmm. And so if there's a Mexican in, in need of a legal assistance, we can refer them to these Oh, great. To these lawyers. Also, well, the kind of services that we do is, is it, uh, of protection is, for example, victims of domestic violence, they have huge priority for us. So we give legal assistance, we refer them to institutions that can help them, and we can sometimes even offer them a, a financial resources in order to to work. Uh, the legal, law the lawyers would try to find them visas, for example, also victims of violence that collaborate with U.S. officials in, in order to solve uh, uh, some kind of crime. Uh, they can also be given a special visa to, to continue here. So that's the kind of thing. But we also visit prisoners in, in jails. We repatriate people in, in need that are vulnerable. And so th that's kind of the things that we do at, at the consulate. That's is wonderful news. Uh, just briefly, quickly, what are the areas of the law that you mostly see that you are offering assistance? Just, you mentioned criminal mm. in immigration. In immigration is right. the most important. Mm -hmm. And uh, family law, too. Okay, and family law. And now, I know you wanted me to ask you about power of attorneys, but I'm not so sure uh, what context you want me to talk about. Do you want to discuss the power of attorneys? No, I just wanted to let people know that mm -hmm. if they are not able to go to Mexico mm -hmm. and they have a legal issue in Mexico, mm -hmm. this is mostly Mexicans that are undocumented, cannot go back to Mexico and, and then return to the U.S. Mm -hmm. but, but also, if, if an American has property in Mexico and they cannot go and need to sell it, they can go to the consulate and get a power of attorney, mm -hmm. which means that they give power to a, a third person that they choose right. in Mexico to do whatever they need to be, whatever legal thing has to be done. So Mexicans... Right get powers of attorney to sell property, to inherit, uh, receive inheritance, to get divorced. But uh, we receive, uh, this year we have received at least three or four American people that have property in Mexico, and so they give power to an attorney in Mexico to resolve their legal issues over there. I understand. And this is one of the, ser some, one of the services you offer, power of attorney, um, issuance or assistance exactly. with obtaining. Oh, all, yeah. very interesting. Because all the, all the consulates yep. in, in, in abroad, we are notarios, notarios public, public right. no, notaries, yes, who are the ones that do the powers of attorney. 
it. Wonderful. And because this program has to do with knowing the law, I thought it was important <laughs> to tell you about powers of attorney. It's extremely appropriate that people know that this legal service can be obtained at mm -hmm. the Consul mm -hmm. General of Mexico. Yeah. Um, on that vein, um, American citizens that need to go to Mexico, uh, do they need a visa to go to Mexico uh, or to live in Mexico? To go as a tourist, yes. Americans just need to enter with their valid passport and they can be there up to 180 days. Wonderful. But, uh, for example, all the retirees that have their houses, as you yes. know, there's, uh, in Mexico is the, lar the, 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 yeah. the country where the largest uh, uh, community of Americans mm -hmm. abroad lives. There are more than a million Me Americans living in Mexico. Oh. And so people that have their houses in Ajijic or in San Miguel Allende or wh wherever. Or uh, Puerto Vallarta. Yeah. If they are going to stay more than six months, they do have to get a special visa with us. Mm -hmm. uh, that is, can be temporary or permanent. And then once they are in Mexico, they exchange that visa for their immigration card. Wonderful. Uh, and that they, they do, for that, they do have to get an appointment, yes. but it's very easy. It's just a matter of getting into the webpage of the Mexican consulate in, in Boston, and they go to the visa. All the information is in English, and they just tap, and they, they can schedule their, their visa appointment. Very important, and I didn't realize there were that many. How many Americans are living in Mexico in their beautiful beaches? Around a million. A million. Um, Consul General Fierro, this is the month of May, and it's important to talk about a very popular holiday in America. What, what can you tell us about Cinco de Mayo and why is it so important in the United States? Well, thank you for this question because it, it is very interesting that when I started coming to the U.S., I would get a lot of, of telephone calls <laughs> saying congratulations for your national day, <laughs> eh, Cinco de Mayo. And we're saying, no, but in Mexico, it's, in Mexico it is celebrated in Pue the city of Puebla right. because what we celebrate is a battle between the Mexican army, a very small and weak army, against the huge French army that was invading uh, Mexico in 1862. Because Napoleon III, the emperor in, in France, had, had agreed to help Mexican conservatives to p try to put an, uh, an Austrian emperor. And, but for that, he, he was happy of having a war with Mexico because in the U.S. there was a civil war. And he was betting that the Confederates might win. And so he wanted France to have already a position south of, of the U.S. border. So when the French army arrived to Puebla, the the Mexican army was very well organized, and they had a lot of help from indigenous uh, Group, people, yeah. and they were able to defeat the French. And the French went back to uh, 
uh, to Veracruz, the coast, and obviously next year they got reinforcement and they went back to Mexico and they did win and they did invade Mexico for s several years. Mm -hmm. But why did it become so important? <laughs> because in LA there was an important me Mexican community oh. in, in there and from Puebla and so they started celebrating it and be because it, yes. it is a celebration of pride, the pride of how a weaker country was able to defeat the, the empire. So the Chicanos in, 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 in LA felt that, that celebrating Cinco de Mayo was important in terms of them feeling uh, living the in the, the new empire, the, um, America, yes. uh, feeling that Mexicans could have uh, the pride of being Mexicans in the U.S. And then later, it was the beer companies that made it important. <laughs> the beer companies, so, yes. So like Mother's right. Day was invented by, by <laughs> Macy's. Or, or a, a lot of, of the Cinco de Mayo has had to do with Mexican beer. Wonderful celebration. We'll continue celebrating. I yeah. mean, I think it's better than not having anything. And, and, it's <laughs> US, and it's the American celebration of Mexico. That's right. Uh, there was a party at, at, at the White House on, on Cinco de Mayo, and it is already, uh, and for us, it, it's fantastic to know that it is a day where Mexican culture and Mexican diaspora is celebrated by Americans with Mexicans. We appreciate that from um, our government, the support of their neighbors in the South. We have five minutes to credits, uh, dear Consul General, mm -hmm. but there are so many interesting questions that I wish I could cover, but we have five minutes. So you choose if you would like to discuss a little bit of um, the day of the death, or if you would like to talk about uh, maybe the initiatives, bilateral relations um, in five minutes. I mean, we have a few questions that we can sneak in. Do you want to talk about the day of the death and go into chronologically? Well, I, I would want to tell more about, uh, well, Mexico is the first trading partner of the U.S. Yes. We have been uh, for the last two years be, before it was Canada. And so Canada mm -hmm. and Mexico were always fighting who <laughs> is, is, is the closest and then comes China. But that talks about North America. We are mm -hmm. North Americans. It is a trading block that is very important. And competitivity and mm -hmm. to, com to continue being competitive is very important. And, and so that's where culture comes. Mm -hmm. U.S. and Mexico have a, a shared history yes. as Canada and the U.S. have a shared history. But Sometimes many Americans forget that one-third of the U.S. was Mexico. Mm -hmm. Before 1848, California, New Mexico, uh, Utah, uh, Texas, Texas, Arizona, Arizona, Colorado, all that was Mexico. And <laughs> for some people, the border crossed them. It wasn't that they were already here. And so we have this shared history and we have a, a common prosperity for the future. It's correct, and this is why in the South there are so many New Mexico or names of Colorado or in 
in Spanish. Yeah, because it was first Spanish territory, but then it became Mexico. It's, some people think that Texas separated from Spain. No, Texas separated from Mexico. That's correct. And that's the famous battle of the... Alamo. Yes. Um, Mexico and U.S. have this common history that we discussed a little bit about, but we also talked about the um, importance of trade, the trade between the countries. Mm. Would you, would you um, broadly just talk about that relationship, um, the North America as a straight, uh, trade block with mm. Mexico? Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. We are North Americans. Mm -hmm. We are the most important trading bloc in, in the world. Right, we, for the United States. We right. have more than 500 million people uh, as part of, uh, of, of the bloc, and it is important to continue collaborating and working together, not only in trade, but also in many other areas, in energy, in environment. And going back to culture, for example, the Day of the Dead <laughs> it has become also a very important American celebration. Yes. But it's a living, uh, as everything in culture, it has elements. Halloween has elements of the Day of the Dead, and the Day of the Dead has elements of, of uh, Halloween. And it is part of now this important North American culture. In all the cities I've lived in the U.S., I have been impressed in how rich and important the celebration of Day of the Dead is, and more after Coco and the James Bond film. I am very proud to hear that this happened in, in Hollywood in honor of Mexico a little bit. But uh, tell us, what do you think happened first? The Day of the Death and Halloween happened after? Is that... Do you, do you, do you see that being like the sequence? No, I, I think they happened at the same time. At the same time. Uh, well, Day of the Dead was celebrated by the indigenous people in Mexico before the Spaniards. So no, Day of the <laughs> Dead was a lot before. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Well, we have one minute left. I want to thank you. Um, I want to thank the Consulate General of Mexico in Boston for letting us take the time of Mr. Alberto Fierro Garza, to be here with us again, a very interesting man with a 30-year career in diplomacy in Mexico and abroad in the world. It's so whatever we can learn from you, it's a great gift for our audience. Well, thank you so much for inviting me, Lucy, and thank you all for hearing. And if you know or need anything from the consulate, it's very easy. You can just Google it and send us an email or give us a phone call. Yes, the Consul General is located in downtown Boston. 55 Franklin. Yes. 55 Franklin Street. Mm -hmm. And um, well, thank you for w listening to us for your time and for watching this episode. We learned about diplomacy, trade, culture, and bilateral relations. We still yet to hear about the bicentennial celebrations so we'll have to invite the consul for another visit hopefully soon whenever you have time and for our viewers uh, thank you so much for your time today thank you and this episode will be viewed at www.discoveringthelaw.com it will be posted on vimeo for the studio at bnn studios and consul piero garza it was our honor to have you here today thank you so much my thank honor Thank you for watching, everybody.